This is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live from Newsstand Studios, the heart of New York City and Rockefeller Center. Joined, as usual, with Nastasia de Hammer Lopez. How you doing, Stas? Good, how are you? Eh, meh, meh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You? Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing great, nothing terrible? Nothing great, nothing terrible. You know what I used to hate, but it, like, it's so true? Uh, same, what do they, what, what, what they used to say? Same, was it? Same blah, another day, what was it? I don't know. Same, same garbage another day. Also, that same <laughs> different day. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember, family show. I haven't announced you yet. Hold on. Uh, rocking the, <laughs> r- rocking the panels as usual. Uh, Joe Hazen, how you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm gonna go in reverse because she's a friend, so she can get in er- earlier. We have uh, on the phones. We have uh, Doctor Ariel Johnson. What's your? How you doing? Hello? I'm great. How yeah. are you? Doing well. So I was like, so we had, hey, we have you on because uh, you're on this, uh, y- you've just become, uh, I believe the technical uh, term is Ferran approved. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Uh, Ferran endorsed, Ferran approved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so almost like, almost uh, like a great toothpaste. Yeah, yeah. So I made you a, a stamp, like a better housekeeping st- seal with Ferran with like, you know, the two, the, the two, Flanked by like the Michelin stars on either side of the word Ferran and approved underneath. So we got to get that made for you. We'll uh, send it off to like stamps.com or something. Amazing. I would love that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then like whenever you're like sending off a, you know how like, like, Stas, you're like, you remember when you were a kid and you would like write letters and then you would be like, pop, pop, like on the envelope. We could just like pop, pop. I feel like people don't write anything anymore like no one's ever seen a real stamp anymore right the kids growing up they're never get, they're not gonna have stamps when you when i was a kid you loved stamps yeah stamps were cool you know what i mean ink pads True. yeah stars you used to like the ink pads? oh yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah ariel yeah ink pads uh joe what about you an ink pad I, man I, I, I did yeah yeah of yeah, course ink pads. i love ink pads what an unholy mess they were though in the in the, in the 80s and 70s <laughs> they were kind of low quality they dried out real fast you know what I mean it's that weird linen stuff I'm, I'm sure that now there's only artisanal ink pads that are amazing and quite expensive I'm sure yeah, that's probably. how I'm sure that's like how it's space gone tech, space tech polymers to keep things uh, moist yeah, moist I love that word you know it uh, and uh, <laughs> well there was an artisanal pencil shop but COVID took it down in the Lower East Side right across the street from Scar's Pizza. Which people love the Scars pizza. Very good pizza. Really? Yeah. They they sure do. People love. I, here's the thing. I think Scars pizza is good pizza. I, it's very good pizza. I think people love it out of all proportion, right? Yep. Mm. I like it a lot. I think it's good. But like you know, I wouldn't saw off my arm for it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, what pizza would you saw your arm off for? I have not had a pizza. I would saw yeah, my arm off. Okay. The most well, obvious question. In. I would saw my arm off or if you for a lifetime supply of Vashram Mandor. Right. Well, what's the food you would saw your arm off for? That's the question. Well, is it like, are you called upon to saw off your arm and then have to choose the food you do it for? Or is it a spontaneous arm sawing that we're talking about? This is an excellent point. I haven't thought about it fully. I'm going to go ahead and say that you're going to have to saw off your arm, and therefore you get to choose the food that you then have the supply of. Hmm. So what do you got? Where do you go? That's a tricky question. <laughs> I mean, that I would give up a limb for? Uh, I don't know. Well, no, 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 no. Ariel stipulated that you're going to lose the limb. 
but as a consolation prize. And, and in exchange, you get a, uh, a, a never, a never out supply of something yeah. or, you know, yeah. lose access to it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Eggs Benedict. Um, Eggs Benedict. Yeah. But you could literally make that. I guess you wouldn't be able to anymore. It'd be hard. It'd yeah. be harder. Yeah. It'd be harder to get <laughs> that hollandaise sauce in order. It would be. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Although hollandaise sauce is so funny. Everyone gets so bent over hollandaise sauce. It's the easiest thing in the world to make if you just think of it as a hot mayonnaise. Yeah. Just think of it like a hot mayonnaise. This is true. And then like... like Do people oh. think of it as something else? What do you say? Or it just seems it's like seems obvious to me that it's a hot mayonnaise, and I'm curious what other people would... Uh, well, people uh, freak out it about it. They're like, well, I, I, I got to clarify. I got to do this. I got to do this. It's mayonnaise. It's hot mayonnaise. Just make a hot mayonnaise. You know what I mean? And then, like, that's it. You know? And, like, if you're worried about, uh, if you're worried about the, what's it called? Uh, the freaking, you know, the whatever, dying from salmonella. Just, you know, it can be hot enough. Mm. You can make it hot enough. You know? Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, also, she's not Ferran approved. She is Ferran approved. Endorsed. What's the difference between endorsed I mean, and approved? I did, I did say. Yeah, yeah but uh, that's not like uh, what the award is. But that's what it says on the website. Okay, 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 Ariel, tell us what the tell us what the actual award is. Okay. So, um, there, there is a, so the the organization that does the world's fifty best um, has a list uh, now called fifty next, which is not ranked. So everyone is uh, you know technically equals on it. Mm -hmm. um, technically. Of, we know who's best. Young-ish young people doing uh, important things in food that maybe aren't attached to a restaurant and, um, you know, deserve some attention for being cool and groundbreaking um, and don't really fit into, like, a 50 best restaurants list. So I've been named to the class of 2022, um, which is super cool. And uh, they've had a few, I guess, a few chefs that's on their, like, best of the best list they have many lists um endorse certain people on on this 50 next thing and i uh have received the endorsement of ferran adria which is uh pretty pretty cool actually nice nice so like who on the list in a highlander situation would you take out first there could be only um, one not 50, only one. There can be only one. Well, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know all of them. Um, but uh, so you know uh, what? I, I like, I, I like where you're going. The take out the, take out the person the you don't know. Confident and take them out first. Yeah. Yeah. Take out, take out someone you don't know. You know what I mean? That's, I think that's a good yeah, policy. It's kind of like going, going to, uh, getting what, what I hear about getting to prison and you have to start a fight with like the toughest other person there to gain respect. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, just going in, uh, surprising somebody and then everyone else would be afraid of me would be the uh, highlighter situation I'd uh, go for. If I went to prison and I tried that, it would go very, very badly. If I, if I oh, had yeah, well, to, yeah, yeah. bear in mind with this list, we're all like a bunch of nerds. So, right. um, right. Okay. yeah, <laughs> draw right. your conclusions. Right. But yes, uh, sorry, sorry, Dave, I have to agree with you that if you were in prison and did that, it would probably not go well for you. So, so poorly, so poorly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure I would get, uh, what's the technical, punked out very quickly, uh, if, I, if that happened to me. Anyway, um, all right, where were we before that? Oh, so what I haven't actually announced, uh, John and, uh, okay to, okay yeah, to, okay. Yeah. So, uh, John, it, uh, Ariel, you don't, I don't know if you know this, maybe you do. Uh, John is 
leaving soon, Booker and Dax, but uh, because he's going to be doing something uh, really interesting. What, what, why don't you tell people what you're going to be doing, John? Yeah, I've accepted the position of executive chef at Temperance Wine Bar in the West Village. Um, so. By the way, it's Ooh, called te- cool. it's called Temperance. Thank it's called you. Temperance, but they are in fact not a Temperance organization. Very true. Yes, it's they, kind of a- they, they don't serve Temperance beverages. No, <laughs> I mean they, but they might. Maybe I don't know. They might, in addition to, but not to not the not to the exclusion of uh, regular wine. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. not it's not a carry nation hatchet wielding Temperance kind of a a locale. That's not the vibe. Yeah, no, definitely not. Uh, yeah, wine bar where they've got we've got uh, 150 wines by the glass, and soon some tasty food. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. excited! It's you know, whatever. You know, obviously a little like nervous about getting back into the into the industry full swing, but you know it's going to be a good opportunity and looking forward to it. And I've never been a chef before, so it's nice to finally, you know, after I've been working in this industry since 2008, to like get up to that level and you know it'll be fun to do things my way. So let me see. So art history professor, then worked in a kitchen. Right? Museum curator. Museum curator. Yep. Both then, fine art and museum of food. Museum of food and drink, yep. right? Then, like, you know, with us knuckleheads. Yep. Yeah. And now back to back to the line. Yep. Right? So, like, uh, so, I mean, trying to think of the trajectory. So then you're going to start a car dealership. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's been hard settling down and finding, you know, I that, mean, that's that probably the only way to really make money, right? Yeah, yeah that's options. true. Out of all those, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, it's good to know, John, you choose uh, big money, big money, cash yeah, money professions. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, love being poor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Good business. Uh, yeah, well, uh, congratulations. Uh, Thank you. So now, uh, you know, we, we have to, f- we're feverishly looking for, uh, you know, someone who can uh, fill your shoes, which, of course, is going to be very difficult. I just want to Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah. I mean, definitely, we're never gonna again. I mean, the odds of us having you know someone with the Connecticut knowledge that I love so much are gonna be very low odds. You know, small yeah. state. Yeah, I know. Small I know. state, best state. Dave best on the state. Discord, they want to know if you'd accept uh, remote. Accept a remote, remote what? Remote John. Oh, remote John. I don't know. This is something that Nastasi and I are gonna have to deal. What? Listen, Nastasi is gonna put out the what's it called? And you're going to have to run the gauntlet of Nastasi. Nastasi, give like a typical, give like a typical like. Uh, you can't put a face over the radio, but make a noise that is like. No, I mean I don't feel as passionate about it as when we were hiring like three years ago. Why? We just need somebody like that's like right away. Yeah. Wow. That's that's a. Uh, you're really uh, whipping up the enthusiasm there with the with the. I just don't feel as passionate about it anymore. Really, like, I'm, just we like, oh, I'm just kind of checked out. I'm just kind of checked out. When we like. You know, real, we had the time and the all that, but now we're like, we need somebody now. When you need cash now, like who's that? JG went. Yeah, what is it? One eight seven 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 cash now. Eight seven seven cash now. Eight seven seven cash now. Yeah. Uh, why are we advertising JG Wentworth? I don't even know if they're scam artists or not. I don't know. Are they still even in business? They are still in business. Oh wow. Uh, I think that that old guy. Last time I saw him was like two or three years ago. He was a he was a bus driver. Singing the eight seven seven cash now because they were doing that opera based commercial. Like Remember a full that full opera? Oh, wow, yeah. yeah, yeah. I St- I have around. an annuity and I need cash now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you have a structured annuity? But you need cash now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a structured settlement, but, but I, I need, need cash, cash now. now. 
It was so dumb. <laughs> it was. It's so but it was dumb. so catchy. We still <laughs> but, remember it. It's been this long. But clearly incredibly effective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, local I think it's a local commercial, right? Like, I, I, I like the They're other. They based out of Pennsylvania, apparently. Oh, really? So not that long. Well, Pennsylvania is, come I on, man. I up in Massachusetts. Philadelphia is only like an hour and a half from here. You know what I mean? The other one I the, used to love is uh, Roscoe the Crime Dog. Uh, not uh, Roscoe the Bedbud Dog. Hey, where's Roscoe? Oh, yeah. He's working. That guy, you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's working. <laughs> and then, like, like, like they want to prove that they can speak Spanish. So one of the guys, Yo, donde esta Roscoe? He working. You know what I mean? Like, I like, love that. As though a dog can really smell the bed bugs. You really think that? I mean, literally, they have a bed bug dog. You really think, Stas? What do you think? You think a dog can actually smell bed bugs? I think, yeah, I think so. They have. They have dogs that can smell cancer, so... And uh, COVID, too, now, yeah. Okay, they, yes, they quote-unquote yeah. have dogs, but last time, they don't actually use them for that, right? I mean, they can smell explosives, yeah. I guess, right? Yeah. Right, and drugs. Okay, so let me ask you this. Uh, as a, as a, uh, and uh, money. As a flavor chemist, so, like, so we're going to... Mm -hmm. uh, which, by the way, that's kind of what... How, how, do you describe, how do you describe yourself? Ariel, why don't you des describe yeah, yourself? Yeah, I'll often... Oh hi, I'm uh, I'm Dr. Ariel Johnson. I'm a flavor scientist. There you go. Uh, my formal training is in flavor chemistry, but I, what I do now kind of like extends well beyond that too. Um, but yeah, my 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 roots are in flavor chemistry. But then you did a lot of practical work in fermentation as well. So bio, like bio. Well, yeah. So it's also like like re restaurant R and D and innovation and. Uh, uh, yeah, sort of self-trained microbiology. I'm yeah, not a microbiologist, but I do a lot of stuff with microbes. You're uh, you're 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 breaking up on me, Ariel. But I noticed in your on your website that for the uh, for the Ferran approved fifty next list, which by the way isn't the organization Pellegrino. Are we just like like sidestepping around that? Nastasia, what's the worst Pellegrino product? The water. <laughs> no, well, uh, which one of the waters? Oh, the aquapana. Yeah, yeah, because it's what mouth water. Yeah, aqua di boca. It tastes like mouthwater to us but and we can say this because stas what are the odds we ever get on a 50 anything list zero a zero right stas i guess checked out <laughs> checked out <laughs> it's checked out um okay so as a flavor chemist we we're, we're, we're just talking about faking something mm -hmm. right what were we just talking about before that you would say smelling oh, bed bugs bed bugs so uh how can you fool dogs in an airport if you're carrying contraband are there masking chemicals you can use to fool these dogs i mean i think it would depend on what they were trained for and depend on the dog i mean so like dogs are extraordinarily good at uh smelling very trace amounts of things in the air uh, they have like really really big uh olfactory epithelia that's the 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 surface that your olfactory receptors, the things that you use to smell smell molecules, um, stick out on inside your nasal cavi nasal cavity, uh, and they have like tons more receptors than we do. Um, so I wonder if it would be less a feature of like masking the smell and more like overriding their behavior. Uh, if you could distract them well enough with something that is like a way better reward than uh, being you know getting a treat or being patted on the head for smelling. Uh, you know, contraband fruit or money or drugs. Uh, mm, right. So you might need like a partner for, for this situation with some with like perhaps that's like uh, rub themselves down with bacon grease. Uh, that might be effective. Right, right. But what's the what's the odorant? I mean, most drugs are non-volatile, right? So what's the odorant? What are they actually smelling? Well, 
Yeah. So like when you're, I, I think when you're training dogs for, for this, like, uh, you tend to have the like actual, uh, like the actual product rather than training them on, um, you know, some kind of pure compound. Uh, so it could be a situation where like, for example, cocaine is non-volatile, but, uh, some artifact of processing co- cocaine is volatile and the dog is smelling that. So it's like a secondary signal. So what I think we should do is send one. I'm not saying we should smuggle cocaine. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying what about the strategy of mm-hmm. like you have cocaine and then you just like load me up, like perfume me with that volatile and have me walk like 10 feet away from you. Right. Then, then I get full body cavitied, right. right? But I don't actually have any illegal products on me. Yeah. That that yeah that's a that's a that's a clever way to do it. Yeah. So Wiley. My well, I mean, and that's that's how that's how like when you what you know everyone everyone knows what weed smells like, uh, but you're not smelling THC. You're smelling like other, uh, like volatile components from the plant that like aren't the actual drug. Right, right. That's why everyone carries those so vape, like, vape like things. Like that, but dogs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, Wiley, I think I mentioned this once on the show, Wiley Dufresne, my brother-in-law, uh, I set off a whole crap ton of fireworks one year, and they were real, um, they were kind of bootleg fireworks, so like, if you go up, New- remember Stas in New Hampshire, like right across the border at Seabreeze, we went and stopped at that place, it's not like a like a big name firework place, and the guy's yeah. like, yeah, we get them made special for us, they're a little bit not okay. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so like and so like we I'm like, yeah, it's fine. So like we got them all and we lined them up, but like they had like twice the residue of normal commercial like fireworks. So like everything was coated in like uh in um like powder residue and like little fine like unburnt metal flakes. Everything. Cars, everything. So Wiley went directly from our house to the airport and Oh no. You could have snuck anything around him because like all the cops were like <laughs> like right on him like like the cops and the dogs were, like Vroom! and like like dragged him to another room it was like God. it was a yeah it was a big big nightmare for him it was a fun show though it was a fun fireworks show so there was that uh all right um so what else what else we got in one of your last promote the patreons john Oh, yeah. If, you're, if, you have, if you're listening live, you want to call in questions to Ariel, the call-in number is 917-410-1507. That's 917-410-1507 to call in here to the Rockefeller Center Studios, uh, newsstand studios at Rockefeller Center. Uh, John, what do you got for the Patreon people this week? Uh, there is a 20% off all made-in cookware products if you are one of our Patreon members. Um, <laughs> if you are not one of our Patreon members, this is honestly a excellent reason to become a Patreon member because 20% off is a very big discount and Maiden makes great products. So you should definitely do it. Yeah, so you could join and literally it saves you money. You could join yeah. and it saves you money. Very true. Right? Yep. Yeah. Not to mention like, you know, the the discounts we run on the people when they come. Oh, uh, when uh, Ariel's coming out with a, a book. When When is that? Coming out this fall or next fall? Next fall. Fall 2023. But you're allowed to talk about it because you mentioned it on the website. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my my book is called Flavorama: The Unbridled Science of Flavor and How to Get It to Work for You. Uh, and it's basically taking, you know, uh, o- o- over a decade's worth of explaining useful parts of the science of flavor to cooks and chefs, and saying, "Wow, I wish there was a book to tell you this because you're using it so creatively." And uh, it, this is this is that book because it did not exist before. Joe, you got a lot of reverb. You have a reverb button over there. 
Nope. Oh, too bad. <laughs> Do I have a reverb? Yeah, well, you, I think Flavorama needs a reverb button. Flavorama! Like, we need, like, serious reverb, you know what I mean? Nah, maybe next time. Next, yeah, when, when, yeah. When, well, when, I'm, when the book I, I comes am, out. I am also... Nah. Mm. When the book comes out, I'll buy a reverb pedal. Go ahead. I'll buy a reverb pedal when the book comes out, and we'll loop it through. You know what I mean? Will that will that be my my congratulations present? A reverb pedal? Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll just do it. We'll do it a bunch of different ways until we get it. Like it's got to be as good as the Yonkers Raceway, like Raceway Park Sunday, 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 kind of that level of reverb. You I know? mean, I can give her this. Flavorama. <laughs> or, or that. Ooh, that's dark. That's <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. oh, I like that. It's, it's dark. What about, uh, I just saw the Maverick. What about slip into the flavor zone on Flavorama? Mmm. I only have dark stuff. Should, should I say that? <laughs> like if you're deep underwater and the shark's coming Shark's you. coming at you. <laughs> hey, well, that's important for flavor uh, because most sharks have, uh, are, have uh, an unacceptably high level of uh, ammonia in them to be uh, tasty, right? So what they about... They sure do. They... They eliminate nitrogenous wastes like through their skin rather than through like a urinary bladder. Gross, so, right? Gross. Uh, that's yeah, real gross. Yeah, I mean the only thing we pay out of our skin is like garlic and onion, right? Yeah, and uh, like acetaldehyde and some other like alcohol breakdown. Yeah, products, yeah. This, this, yes. The smell of Sunday morning subway, acetaldehyde, right? Mm-hmm. That's that. That's that. You've been drinking smell. Uh, now, how long does that keep coming out of your body, though? Oh, uh, acetaldehyde? Yeah. And, I don't like a day, maybe? Huh. I guess it depends on how much you've you've been drinking. I probably look up the, like, half-life of processing ethanol and then calculate it from there. All right, so is there something that counteracts that? So that when you get up in the morning, your coworkers aren't like. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess hydrating a lot, and because uh, you don't only eliminate it through your skin, you eliminate it through your other wastes. Uh, so the more you're sort of like flushing your body uh, with water, I would imagine the less needs to evaporate out through your skin. Right. I haven't researched hangovers in a long time because I only do it when someone's writing an article and they want to pretend like I'm an expert in it. Right. And, uh, yeah, same. Yeah, you know. Uh, but the last I read, which was, again, years ago, was that a lot of the hangover effects aren't actual dehydration. They mimic dehydration, but you can ha- you'll have those same effects even if you are like a giant floating water sack. Yeah, no, I mean, the, uh, the, the breakdown products of alcohol are, like, pretty nasty. Uh, so you're going to feel those, definitely. Yeah, you ever you ever so test just dehydration? You ever yeah. test that anti-alcohol pill that uh, Paul Adams, friend of the show, Paul Adams, uh, was uh, trying, where he came to existing conditions and how many cocktails did he pound? Stars was something absurd. Oh, like the whole menu, I think it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He took some sort of like, uh, I guess something that either like, I don't know what it did, like. I don't know what it was, but it was something that like vastly accelerated <laughs> the alcohol breakdown rate. Uh, and yeah, I mean, he just powered through the freaking cocktails and walked out. It was nuts. Nuts. Yeah. I mean, remember, Paul's also so, the crazy okay, so guy that, so who that, that... You know, got me the anti-fizz pill and ruined my whole... Remember we drank that, that freaking wine, the sparkling wine, and he ruined it with that yeah, freaking yeah, pill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God. 
Was this something that turns off your like uh, carbon dioxide taste receptor? Or yeah, yeah, we yeah. It's the famous. That? It's the famous mountain climbing drug that you uh, take that ruins the ruins the champagne for you. It's unpleasant. That's yeah. Well, but okay. So so this this dr- drunkenness de- or processing pill. So you don't get as drunk, but like, does it accelerate the like? metabolism of the nasty stuff that happens when you metabolize alcohol or does it just remove your ability to like enjoy being drunk uh we will have to get i think what it was is that like it took like three times as much to get to the same level in other words like i think the the point of this pill drug thing was that you could go out hang out then like dose up and then within an hour be able to to drive effectively i think it was actually supposed to de-drunk you was the theory of it i don't know that that's a a wise move it's probably better just not to drink right um you know i I can't wait for self-driving cars to be honest like self-driving cars to me (laughs) are like gonna be the best thing ever oh john's not liking the self-driving car why driving well i'm not saying you're not allowed to drive yeah. But like self-driving car, it, it can keep driving sense. while you're sleeping. Again, the yeah. dream is the self-driving RV where you don't have to sit in the driver's seat. You're in the back making a cocktail, playing a board game with the family. You go to sleep and you wake up in a new national park somewhere. Yeah, It's already parked and leveled. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, they can get some sort of robot to hook you up to the hook up your like, you know, your, the black water tank to the freaking like dump. You know what I mean? Yeah. Self-driving, baby. That's the dream. I would definitely do that. I would live in that RV that drove itself around. The pain of the RV, I mean, Nastasia, you you had a... I've never lived in an RV for a week or two as an adult. I've only done it as a teenager. So Stas has done it more recently than I have, and and she's not going to co-sign this as being the dream. No. No. That, no, it was not fun at all. You don't want to do that with kids, Nastasia? Play, <laughs> play board games every night? No. Yeah. Well, the last time I what's was the, in an RV with Nastasia, what's she, the worst she, part of it? Oh yes, does. What's the worst? Um, the people I were, was with wow. were afraid to <laughs> drive it, so I was the only driver. Well, what if it's driverless? Oh, that's, that's what lame. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it's still like the the finding the um the dump situation to dump the waste that's terrible that was yeah. always an issue yeah well i'm hoping that the self driving one's also self dumping is that i mean is it getting better how would that work well I mean, how does it drive on it if it could drive on its own why can't it dump its own stuff but it's a, it's it, a computer it's a computer it could do it you know what i mean okay. i'm stipulating the other thing was uh so like it's not easy to drive a big vehicle if you're not used to driving a big vehicle right yeah. so like yeah, and, and yeah. I, I wasn't. I wasn't on the. I, I got in it because they were driving around Florida, and we were all working a gig together. But you know, as usual, I flew in last plane in, first plane out. But I get in the thing with Nastasia, and like they're like, "Hey, Stas, go get go get gas. Go get food." Go, well, go. Well, no, but yeah. we stopped at a gas station. But yeah, we needed to do. And all it, this. and like, and this this is the noise of an RV scraping against a gas pump. We were like, oh, my God. Because once the RV has touched the gas pump, how do you untouch? You can't just, like, you can't just, you can't just reverse what you do. You can't drive sideways. Yeah, you can't drive sideways. It's not not a crab. It's an RV. You know what I mean? Mm, Awesome times. Awesome times. 
that would be a cool feature to incorporate into a self-driving car. The crab, the crab walk. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not going to gas. My, my self-driving car of the future, obviously, is electric. Uh, now, the other thing was that I remember is they bought the lowest quality alligator meat I've ever had in my <laughs> life. It was it had been frozen. That's a, that sounds rough, man. Oh my god! That, so like, imagine like not. Like, what's, like, two levels below a Ziploc, Nastasia? Like, remember, like, when you were a kid, those sandwich bags that had to flip over? Like, they couldn't afford the real lock, so, like, they put it in the sandwich, and then they flipped that little... Oh, yeah. 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 You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Real busted, like, bags. You know what I mean? So it was it was a wet alligator meat, like, all nasty, like, hacked up pieces and all all gross, and then just put into one of those things and, like, tossed in the back of someone's freezer, right? And then... A freestyle, a freestyle, a freestyle, a freestyle, a freestyle, a freestyle. <laughs> and then, like, we get it out, and then, like, we thaw it for its final time, and it's just a spongy, nasty oh, grossness. And we're all like, well, I, uh, I, I guess we'll cook it. I guess we'll cook it. That was bad, right, Stas? So bad. Bad. So bad. Low quality. Yeah. Yeah, terrible. Um, that's not How did drink. you cook it? What'd you say? Oh, mm. how did you cook it? I'm curious. Face, faced with a uh, awful circumstances such as this, how do you, what's your strategy? Oh. Yeah. yeah. You're clipping up a little bit on me, Eric. Hey, Joe, should we have her call back in or no? Because I have a well, question I'm also for recording all on right. my computer, so all I right, can so just for, send you that so for the, the end. All right. So Jack can, Jack can put that in later. All right. So here's a question that actually yeah. uh, someone had. Oh, we're going to get you and Paul on to fight it. Actually, here's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. No matter what John's doing, maybe he'll come back. Maybe he'll bring some wine from the wine bar. Maybe. Stas, are you liking this so far? I, what, I know what, like, I don't think that's possible with any restaurant situation, but sure. What do you mean? To take inventory to a... No, but we're advertising the thing. or he, We can buy it. Jesus. Okay. God. <laughs> like, and, uh, and we'll get Paul to bring in his magic pills. And we'll... I mean, like, it's impossible to do an A-B because you can't, you can't have the same person against themselves with and without the medication, right? Well, you'd have to do, like, a crossover study like they do for uh, medical trials. Hmm. Where, like, I give it to, and you don't know what you get, and we have to do it, like, three times? It seems complicated. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so, well, like, science is complicated. Don't know what to tell you. If it was easy, anyone would do it. Mm, yeah, but if it, why it's also complicated. But why is most food science so terrible? Uh, well, food science—the term food science sounds like it should be science that you do on food, and food is like a great, amazing, huge uh, thing that we all love. But uh, in practice, food science means industrial food science. So the only questions that really get funded are things that help make money for very large packaged food companies. Right, but so, e- even though the... even even those studies I find are often really really bad because in their effort to control, are they you talking can... about like nutrition studies? Because no, 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 not no, food no. those are also bad. No, I'm talking about literally where they're trying to figure out the best way to cook something. Their controls are almost always uh, bad because in in order to in order to control only one variable at a time, they have to like all of the variables are interdependent, right? So like. Thinking yes, you can yes. just control one variable and actually figure out what the hell is going on is wildly inaccurate when it comes to actually cooking in most instances. Yeah, I mean, there are like 
actually there's statistical models and approaches you can use that uh, deal with like highly multivariate data like that. Um, but uh, I, I, you know, I, I mean, like, I guess uh, most of foods, um, well, if you look at all of food science, the, the subset of it that's looking at the best way to cook something is like actually a pretty small uh, part of it. But uh, yeah, no, I think like typically they don't really talk to people or involve people that actually like enjoy cooking and do it a lot. So right. uh, often the choices they make are somewhat baffling to someone who like would be accustomed to cooking that right. stuff. Right. So get this, you're a fermentation person. So you might, you might, you will have some imp like feelings on this. So I was, I was doing uh I was doing a little, you know, poking about to just stay current on sauerkraut because sauerkraut is delicious, right? Sauerkraut. You like sauerkraut. Delicious product. It's extremely delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Good product. Very classic. Yeah. Hey, by the way, can I tell you something? Not sauerkraut. Uh, I don't think I've spoken about this on the air. So <clears throat> coleslaw. Let's do coleslaw for a minute. You guys like coleslaw? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mayonnaise coleslaw, vinegar, or like a light mayonnaise with a little bit of vinegar? Where are you guys? I guess light mayonnaise with a little bit of vinegar. Same. And yeah. celery Yeah, seed. I think that me sounds too. pretty much ideal. Yeah, okay, me too. Okay, so we're in the same place. Now, for years, 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 I've been a uh, quarter of the... Qu I usually do a half head at a time just because, you know, I'm not making for that many people, right? So, and let's, let's leave aside whether we're going to put carrots or celery or whatever else we're going to put them. Leave aside. Uh, I put green apple in mine, which I enjoy. Yeah. Don't do raisins. Mm. Green apple. No raisins. raisins. They inflate. <laughs> Unpleasant, I find it. What am I, Yoda? Anyway, so like, uh, so for years, I like cut the cabbage into quarters, then chop out the, the you know, that, the, um, what do you call it? The stalk. And then shave, right? The yeah. core, yeah. Yeah. Well, first mm -hmm. I'll, yeah, first I'll usually do like almost like you're doing amonce like for onions. I'll like cut one line, one line down the middle and then shave so that you're, you have like, you know, quarter. Not super long strands of cabbage. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. super long. But not tiny either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, not confetti. Yeah. I bought a salad master. You guys familiar with the salad master? No. The salad master food machine. I'm not. Oh my god. So <laughs> in the twenties or thirties, there was a called the Grisker. They made the first one that's like this. And it's the very first cone shaped, like handle cranked, like grater shaver cutter, right? And then uh, mm. th they got knocked off by the Salad Master Corporation out of Texas. I don't know where. I'm going to say it's Plano. It's probably not. Anyway, so it's like, it's, it's just this base that clamps down with a big old handle on it. And you can either put it into the, this one section that acts like a chute, acts like a cheese grater, or you can literally just jam the food into the wheel because there's no protections. And they still make it manual. And I got one of these things to test it. And I have to say I like it. I don't use my, I only use now my Cuisinart for, um, I only use it for like, you know, pestos and, and, and pie crusts and stuff like that because I use this Salamaster so fast. I had to build my own base because, of course, because I, like, I don't like the bases yeah. that they have because, you know me, I hate suction cup bases. Do any of you like suction cup bases? They suck. They don't suck. That's the problem. They, 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 they blow. They, they never stick. Have, have any of you ever had a suction pretty, cup base at work? They're pretty lowest. They're like lowest common denominator because I guess some people have counters that don't work with clamps, but uh, no, they're not a good solution. Well, I but find. That, that's the other thing is that the only clamps that people give you are those ones that are like with that little with the, with the, where you have to turn it a million times and then it grinds into the thing. We have it's a new world. Spring clamps. It's a new world. Just ship the thing with a base that can fit down on the ground and spring clamps. And then if you don't want to use the spring clamps, then like give you a non-working suction cup so you can pretend like you can work. 
but no one has done this. No one has made the good base yet. You know what I mean? How much does everyone hate the, the pasta machine base? Because the pasta machine base, you can't even really reorient that little clamp thing. You, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Nastasia doesn't want you to have the pasta yeah, machine no, base because she doesn't want you to make the pasta. <laughs> that's true. Yes. You know what I mean? She's like, I designed that base so that you would never use the machine. You know what I'm saying? She doesn't have anything. You don't have anything against the company making money. You just don't want people to actually use it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a garbage clamp. Garbage. Um, anyway. So I took the salad master. So here's, here's where I'm getting to the point. They have a shredding disc, right? But I've started to go nugget. I've started to go nugget. What do you guys think of coleslaw nugget? What, what do you mean? You like you cube elaborate? up the cabbage? <laughs> so like the pieces of carrot and cabbage are like the size of like, uh, like an Advil liquid gel. But thin, obviously, because they're cabbage. Hmm. You know what I mean? So it's 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 so it's grating it into like in other words, like they're not long shreds, it's nuggets. So I call it like nugget right. nugget sal nuggetized salad, but it's an extremely there's no long pieces but still at all. Very thin. What? It's all still very thin. Well, the apple pieces are like uh the apple pieces are uh what is what is that? The apple pieces are maybe like a little under a quarter of an inch in, yeah, in like depth. That that's the like a maybe like a quarter of an inch is the is the is the height of the scallop that the so it's basically like a scallop shaped cone, right? That um, doesn't do waffle cuts because the scallop goes all the way to the bottom. So it's not cutting. Imagine like a like a very large waffle, like a wide whale, yeah. but in nugget form, because because they 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 go back forth back forth, and it rips through it. And hmm. I think I think the nugget I think the nugget I'm I'm for it. No long pieces. Here's another thing. It's, this is unfortunate because it's almost the best thing in the world. You ready for it? Ready? So you got this rotating cone, right? Mm -hmm. You're feeding the celery into the rotating cone. And if you hold it with the, with the ribs up, most of the ribs don't make it into the salad. The nuggetizer grates and then leaves the ribs at the top and you just pull the ribs off. Which is freaking genius, right? Because so it cuts no around the strings. Yeah, these strings. Is, but here's the problem: oh. it's not a hundred percent. And when mm -hmm. the when the strings do snap and they end up in the bowl, it looks like you dropped a hair into it, because it has stripped that's them, but then gross. it breaks, and that's hard gross. That's hard gross. Yeah. So I currently still chop my celery by hand. By the way, when do you, you chop, do you remove you, the strings first yourself, or uh, no, 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 fine cross cut, fine cross cut. As you're going. Oh, yeah. okay. No, 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 no. It's fine cross cut. The strings, I don't find the strings are unpleasant if they're under, you know, if if, if they're if, short. If yeah. they're very short. Yeah. So, you know, when you're when you're chopping by hand, you can guarantee that your every cut's a cross cut. You know what I mean? So anyway. Um yes, exactly. so, so nuggets. It sounds now, it sounds kind of with the with the string removal, it sounds kind of like how you make linen out of uh flax stems where uh you is actually, that how they like, do it? I keep, thought they beat the it. Long... They beat it, right? Don't they beat it? Or they yeah, have to yeah, they beat it. But they, like you beat it, kind of like around the around the long uh, the long strands that actually become the linen fiber. So I wonder if you could make so like linen uh, and other cloths like it are called bast fibers. Um, yeah. So I bet you could save the strings from celery and make a uh, celery linen out of it, a bast fiber. That sounds like textile. a lot of work. That sounds like a lot that. of work. You yeah. should do that. Yeah, you know what? Uh, anyway, look. I always think about, like, look, I look at the linden trees because there's linden trees all around here. And uh, those have bast in them 
But I just imagine beating, just sitting there. Imagine your job. Yo, John, go beat on that tree. Go beat the hell out of that tree. No, no thank you. Um, How about John? Where's the radio show located <laughs> for a couple months? What? When, Dave, you're like, can you imagine that job? And I'm saying, John, how about the job where you have to tell Dave where the radio show is located yeah. for a couple months? <laughs> oh, before I figure out where the... Yeah. Listen, Rockefeller Center, Rockefeller Center is hard to find your way around, people. <laughs> and it's big, yeah. Yeah, it's big and confusing. And everything's called something Rockefeller Center. Nothing's like, oh, 48th and, and, and 6th. You know what I mean? But the entrance is right faces right there across from the ice skating rink everything faces the freaking <laughs> ice skating rink <laughs> yeah. literally every it's damn thing faces the ice skating rink i think he was talking about when we were moved over to 51st no 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 it was both joe it oh, was wow. both and they would never just answer me what store is it next to can well, i find well, mark jacobs yeah but they don't people. shop there I don't shop anywhere. There's uh, whatever. Google Maps. Google Maps doesn't. First of all, man like, does research for eight hours on some inane subject. You just can't find the radio studio. Hey, listen. Suck it up. Suck it the hell up. All right, now listen. So back to back to uh, sauerkraut. So I was researching the uh, the effect of temperature on the uh, texture and the different bacterial, th- you know. Um, What's the what uh, cu- st- types of bacteria over the communities. three different? Yeah, community. There you yeah. go, communities. Thank you. That's. Uh, I was cool. I was researching something similar myself actually recently, so I'm interested to hear what you found. So there was a 2017 study. I forget who did it, right? And all of the you know bloggy blog McBlogging blogs were like pointing to this study about how. And I'm not saying they're wrong, right? But how the ideal temperature is between 60 and 65 Fahrenheit, which I can't do in Celsius because that low a temperature I can only do in Fahrenheit, right? And um, yes, same. And, right, and they're pointing at this study, right? And and then I read the study, and what's interesting about the study is the quote unquote trained panel hates sauerkraut. Because if you look at the actual, yeah, it's crazy. If you look at the hedonic scores, they all score highest mm-hmm. on day seven. All of the scores go down as you go through day twenty-one. So all of these sites are like, you need to, you need to go at least two weeks for the. Uh, w- w- which one's the third one? It's um, uh, Lactobacillus, uh, which is the one that. It oh, Leucostinac mesenterioides. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The one that I always think sounds like uh, Leucostinac, like uh, like Leuchenbach, Texas. Yes. So. Um, yes. With Willie and Waylon and the boys. So the point is, is that like they're like, well, you gotta do it that long, or it won't be complex enough because you won't have all three communities. And yet, the study they're pointing to, every single one. Everyone hated that, and they wanted basically fresh kraut that was only like a week old. So I was like, can no one read a study? Well, so, and and you've also identified a uh, a common pitfall with sensory science that uh, that 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 people often don't get, which is well, first there's a sort of a central central dogma in sensory science that uh, doing a sensory analysis on the qualities of something is fundamentally different than doing a sensory analysis on what people prefer. Um, and if you are doing testing on what people prefer, uh, it's, it's not actually accurate to call it the best, uh, because that is impossible to, to judge. Uh, what you can say is that people have the most preference for that, or of the, of the 
consumer panelists that we included, the statistically significant preference is for X. Um, but fundamentally, you can't answer questions about what is the best. Uh, you could answer questions about what do what do most people prefer? What does the average consumer prefer? What does a uh, frequent sauerkraut consumer prefer? Uh, and then relate that back to like sensory and physical chemical qualities. But um, the kind of appeal to authority that, oh, well, this, this consumer panel said this one was the best. Uh, that's literally based on just like anyone's anyone's opinion of what they like. So yeah, if they if they actually don't like sauerkraut, what you've established is the correct time to ferment sauerkraut for so that people who don't like sauerkraut like it. Right. But do you, I don't even remember. I should have like, I didn't know we were going to talk about it. I should have written down what the study was so you could take a look at it. But yeah. I mean, well, do most people actually like fresh kraut better than like two week and three week kraut? I I don't know. I mean, I don't personally. Yeah. And what's your favorite uh, kraut temperature there? Uh, yeah, like I don't I don't know that I would need it to be held at like 60 to 65, but um, generally a cooler temperature uh, leads to like slower metabolism by the microbes and uh, generally more complex flavor development, I find. Well, well what at what temperature do you think you get more of the risk for softness and is that risk for softness increased by vigorous? Because I do a lot of pre. Some guy who looks exactly like uh, Senator Grassley just walked through. If it was, can you imagine what we would do. Anyway, so like that'd be crazy. The, like the vigorous need, <laughs> the vigorous kneading with the with the with the salt beforehand, so that you can get brine right away without adding yeah. extra. Does that have a tendency to make it softer or not? Because like if if your temperatures uh, are higher, I think. I think with softness, you're mostly concerned with like pectin breakdown um, and like mechanical stuff early on, I think is going to be like less significant than like enzymatic activity at higher temperatures that break down the pectin. So, so you're, pectin you're, like you're is in jam the, and it's also the molecule that, that glues uh, all plant cells together in case anyone did not know. Right. So um, you're, you're a fan of the, of the pre the pre need to, to, to get that brine action going quick or no? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and you, like, want the sauerkraut to be, like, limp, uh, and you need to get the moisture out of it. I mean, so, like, so, okay, when you're talking about softening, it's either, like, uh, you have plant cells, the cells are, like, packed full of water at, like, high pressure, so, like, Kerger pressure, um, so if you, like, remove some of that water, the pressure goes down, and the, like, plant tissue gets limper, so that's, like, one way to get softness. The other way is if you, like, then physically unglue the structure around those cells, which makes the, like, solid part break down, so I think what you want is to, like, remove remove water uh, to, to get this, like, internal pressure down and get some, like, uh, you know, limpness, but bite uh without getting uh getting too much action of like dissolving that pectin yeah. um nastasia has been looking her whole also, life for some I mean, actually, sauerkraut i've also read that with um yeah with well with both sauerkraut and things like uh you know cucumber pickles uh if you have molds on the on the vegetables at all before you brine them, the the molds won't grow once they're brined. But like they have pectin degrading enzymes that then, if you like hold the temperature too high, will uh, will soften. I couldn't it. hear. So I couldn't hear what you're saying. I couldn't hear what you're, you're breaking okay. up. Is what you were That's saying that bad. there's endogenous there's endogenous pectinases because of the molds? Is that what you were saying? Because they're fungi. There. 
Yes, there's there's uh, pectinases from the cabbage and pectinases from molds, and the the mold ones are like particularly effective and fast at at higher temperatures. So let me ask this: Do, if you if you know you can't control the temperature that that well, for to get now, I have to say. I don't want it to be stiff. I want it to be kraut, but I like a little crunch in my kraut. I like a little crunch in my kraut. I don't. I mean, I, there's like limp implies soft, but soft isn't limp, right? There's there's floppy right. with crunch. Two different things. Two different things. Just so we're clear. Uh, so if you can't control the temperature that well in your uh, apartment, and it, you know it's going to get above seventy or so, would, you, would are you are you a kind of a, a pinch of calcium kind of person or no? Yeah, I mean, I would either. Add a little bit of calcium chloride, which helps glue the pectin together, um, or I'd start it in this warm room temperature and then keep it in the fridge. So you have like a very long, slow uh, fermentation, which is kind of like the uh, the strategy that a lot of people use with kimchi traditionally. Speaking of kimchi, oh, by the way, I was making some spicy sauerkraut and someone was like, isn't that kimchi? I'm like, no. 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 So dumb. So no. Dumb. Yeah. No. No. Right. Not in any way. No. But speaking yeah, of... No, the, yeah, uh, the, no, the... the, the yeah, yeah. No. Uh, s- now. S- s- simple and stupid definitions. Yeah, very yeah. annoying. I have to say, everyone likes the look of uh, purple cabbage sl- uh, kraut, but I really prefer green. I really prefer green. I do. The taste of green, I like it better. Yeah, like why mess with a classic? Yeah. Uh, what about caraway seeds? Yes yeah. or no? No. No? What about afterwards when you're cooking? No. Okay. How hard do you Sometimes. press? How Not hard in do you press sauerkraut, kraut? But... How hard do you press kraut before you use it for hot dogs? I like a lot of sauerkraut. You and I, I press don't... it as hard as possible. There's nothing worse than a soggy bun. Soggy bun. So sad. Oof, yes. Can we protect the bun from the sog? We need if a, you had a film. A hydrophobic barrier. Yeah, a uh, a film of perhaps butter or mayonnaise could do the trick yeah, yeah yeah i do i do like that's the thing so like you know people they freak the hell out when you can tell them you're going to mayonnaise their hot dog but i think maybe a slight hydrophobic coating on the inside of the bun is going to stop the, maybe mm. some of the dreaded sog that's if i think well, if it's like really putting mayonnaise on a sandwich that's like the, the I, I like uh, an, a, an absurd amount of crap in fact i also like a lot of mustard i I can add enough mustard to a hot dog to almost sog out the bun because I like mustard so much. But I'm also mustard and kraut. I don't really think, I mean, I like everyone else's idea, of, but like to me, like a hot dog, mustard, kraut. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I realize that's not what people want. They want to have all like other kind of stuff on there. I mean, that's good too. But yeah, yeah. Always come back to mustard and kraut. Yeah, if someone said to me, if you were like, you're only ever going to have one hot dog again in your life, I would say, please make it with mustard and kraut. You know what I mean? Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. Um, hydrophobic coating. All right, nine ten, uh, nine ten. What do you think? Ag, ag, agi, nine tenth agi, nine ten agi, nine ten ag. Yeah, I don't know. Nine ten ag. They'll know. All right, they'll know. They know. Yeah. No. So this is a question, actually, that I texted you before, and uh, so since we have you on, I will read it in its entirety and see what you what you say, since uh, they Wait, seem to... Wait, me, me you texted me? Yeah, like months ago, though. Don't worry about it. Not recently. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. And, and don't worry. The, the question is for anybody out there. You just happen to be the best anybody. All right? 
I have I have two chemistry degrees. I don't. This is nine ten a G. I have two chemistry degrees mm. and a huge interest in food. I looked into a cross-section of chemistry and food uh, and stumbled upon the flavorous position, but it is notoriously difficult to get your foot in the door. Yeah, tell me about it. There's only like 100 of them in the whole mm. like, world, right? Or 200 or something, something stupid. Some, some small number. Yeah, it's, right? like, it, it's, like, it's, like, it's like having being a, a job as a movie reviewer. Yeah, it's like, well, it's like, yeah, it's like some sort of like Harry Potter wizard thing. You can't get, can't get that job if you're, uh, what do they call them? The yeah. people who aren't that? Muggle, muggles, right? Muggles. Yeah. Uh, does does anybody have any advice for someone in my position? What are some other food science jobs out there? Thinking about working with flavors and how they inter- interact would truly be my dream job. If only we had someone who was writing a book called Flavorama on to talk about this. Uh, I've been thinking, uh, this person's been thinking about yet another graduate degree, maybe at NC State, so I'm not above going back to school. Thanks. Yeah, well, okay, so I'll preface this by saying that, I, I mean, one would imagine that all flavor chemistry is the same, but I, I came at it more from uh, analyzing the flavors in natural products and figuring out how those work rather than building flavors from scratch. Uh, so it's sort of two separate but related skill sets. Um, I would say, I mean, I think, like, okay, so there's three there's three big flavor houses. There's Juvedon, Firminich, and International Flavors and Fragrances. And uh, they all have operations in France, France and Switzerland, usually, um, in Ohio. And I think they're all, are all in New Jersey, too. Yeah. Uh, so I would look for jobs in one of those places and um, basically take or apply for like any job at one of those companies that you're qualified for and then uh try to work your way up from there because um you know the 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 flavor industry is very uh it's quite like insular and they like promoting from within yeah i mean Um, the place that i know that's like basically uh, a family business you know what i mean yeah yeah the smaller ones the smaller ones are Uh, even harder to get right well oh yeah well and and it's also um an, an industry like very they don't uh they patent some things they don't patent a lot of stuff because they would prefer to not talk about what they're doing uh so it's an industry where there's a lot of like trade secrets and secrecy uh so to even like get close to getting one of these jobs uh you know the technical skills have to be there but it's also like they have to know that they can trust you with all of that stuff how Um, how hard is it to get a job at like monel or something like that impossible Oh, Monel, uh, very difficult. Uh, maybe, maybe as a like lab technician, um, you could, but I, I would say there's probably more jobs available at, uh, either like big flavor houses or other sort of like food processed food companies. Um, yeah, I'm not sure at Monel that you would necessarily like learn, you would learn, a huge amount about uh you know how flavor perception works uh but not necessarily any much that would be directly useful for being a flavorist right uh, which is sort of more of a uh uh i mean there's there's you know a lot of science to it but you're kind of working more like an artist in some ways or a craftsman yeah all right to me Rip through some questions. Should we rip through some questions? You're going to know yeah. some of this stuff, too. All right. From Jake Rieger, longtime listener, first-time commenter. Started working my way through the backlog mid-pandemic and now up into the high 300s. Oh, my God. Uh, just got a circulator but did not have any <laughs> uh, tips for securing my – they say clips. They mean clips or tips? Clips, maybe? Because some people secure their ba- – Yeah. Uh, clips for securing my bags. I'm also seeing some people using weights or magnets. 
Well, what kind of setup do you recommend for keeping things submerged? All right, Jake, this is a good question. Uh, so if you're rolling, not in bags, rolling, hating, patrolling, if you're rolling uh, with uh, saran like you're doing tubes, then just roll a couple of uh, stainless steel butter knives in the last layer of plastic wrap and your stuff will sink down. We call that the Maliver after Chef uh, Hervé Maliver who uh, came up with that idea. So all of his, uh, like, uh, plastic wrap rolled things sink straight to the bottom of the circulator. But here's what I always do. That's a good trick. It's a great trick. Uh, gotta love Hervé with the, with the, with the, with the full Malavere. Now, here's the issue. Uh, people, when you're loading a circulator, the, the two, one of the most common mistakes I see is people loading circulators such that bags are touching each other. So not only do you have to have your bags submerged, but if two bags are in firm contact with each other, you've just doubled the thickness, which for math people out there have quadrupled the cooking time, right? And also because the part of the bags that is right near the outside is the most bacterially uh, loaded because you've touched that and it, you know, it's been in contact with stuff, you don't want that to be at the center and actually get the last amount of heat. That's how you get blow-offs, especially if your temperatures are close to where, you know, uh, like in, in, the, in the low to mid-50s, right? You agree with me so far, uh, Dr. Dr. Johnson there? You with me? So here's what I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here's what I do. Uh... This doesn't work when you're doing seven and a half liter Cambros. For that thing, I usually just jam any sort of silverware in and stuff on top to get the bags separate. Uh, and you can, you know, put put whatever you want on it. What I do is is uh, if you're using half size Lexans or whatever they're called, food tubs, the the Cambros, I buy quarter sheet. I buy quarter sheet. Um, cooling racks they're they're really cheap right mm. and then you put one in the bottom and then that means that your stuff's not resting against the bottom anything that's resting against the bottom if you sink something and it's touching the bottom and it's flat like a steak then it's also not going to heat you because you're trying to heat through the steak all the way to the bottom and that's not good right so you put that first right. cooling... and the only the only thing that's transferring heat is water so if you're not touching water you're not getting heat right and if the water's not moving then you're, yeah. you're you have a stagnant point exactly. it's no good so then what i do is so i have that layer so you can make that whole layer right then what i do is i take two racks and i put them foot to foot so that there's about a oh three-eighths of an inch in between the 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 racks and then i put that on top of the first layer and that keeps everything in that layer on the bottom and then I can, depending on how thick it is, I can either get another layer on top of that and I finish with a rack. or uh, So I basically use a series of racks up to uh, the top of the, of, the, of the unit. And between bags, I always have two racks back to back so that there's a good three-eighths inches of uh, open space that water can circulate. And then you're guaranteed everything's going to be even all the way through. That's what I do if I don't have the full Molly Bear. Yeah. So it's a vertical stack rather than a horizontal stack. Mm. I couldn't hear you cut up, but we'll get it up. We'll get it on the on the post ah. when uh, when Jack hacks your when Jack hacks your uh, your recorded stuff in. I'm sure we'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll get it. Uh, Warren Johnson writes Great. in. I set up Dave Seltzer tap uh, exact same build out uh, as was in the tutorial video. Only instead of so if you say exact same, <laughs> then you can't say only instead of. And I was like, uh, only instead of an ice machine, I have a dual circuit cold plate housed in a little refrigerator and have been icing it down regularly. The carbonation is coming out pretty well, but the seltzer is not nearly as cold as I would like it to be. Any suggestions? Listen, if you're icing it down, there needs to be dryish ice touching the plate for it to be cold, so it needs to drain. Because if you have ice floating on the top and, and water below, it's actually not that fast of a transfer. You need actual ice touching the 
plate melting actively as the uh, soda is going through it, or you won't have fast enough heat transfer. Uh, Zach from Pittsburgh. How might one make electric ovens better for bread baking, more even heat, heat, uh, uh, heat, uh, heating iron plates on the other racks? I mean, what do you think, Ariel? Iron plates are a good idea if you don't have even heat, but electric is going to be more even than gas. And the issue with ele- uh, with those is that you need to have enough power in your oven to actually heat up all of that extra metal you're putting in. What are your thoughts, Ariel? Right. Yeah. I mean, so uh, heat sinks leading to better radiation of heat yeah, is a great idea. I mean, you would just have to preheat probably with your broiler for like a very long time uh, to, to get it up there or get something you could heat up on the stove and then put inside the oven. Yeah, you know, I have to say I've been running a bunch of tests with very low thermal loads with bread. So like just, you know, using like a very, <clears throat> very light thermal mass, like uh, cloche situations. And I'm, I'm getting some good results. So I don't really know where I feel anymore. Uh, Rebents right in and see whether Ariel, you have anything of this. I've got about 200 lemons. They range from normal lemon shape size content to freak enormous, mainly pith and seed monsters. That's what we, that's what we're called, right, Stas? Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you do? We're thinking to keep all the pretty ones uh, with juice to use as lemons and somehow process the wrong to make a syrup or limoncello or something. Time intensive is great. Labor intensive, preferably not. But life has truly given us lemons. So what they should do is suck on lemons. Now, what do you guys think? Uh, Stas, you, you you had your limoncello experience with your dad, but... It was okay. It wasn't that great, right? But it was a good bonding experience, no? Yeah. All right, what do you think, Ariel? There's a limoncello technique I like a lot uh, that I... I think it's from Giulio Batali's books, uh, this Italian food writer, where instead of submerging the lemons in the alcohol, you get a very large jar that you can squeeze uh, close shut and hang the lemons above the alcohol. So you believe so in you that technique, get huh? A, like, in a, it's a pure vapor vapor extraction. Uh, so you get very little bitterness and uh, very, very clean and extensive uh, extraction of the volatiles. You're the first scientist uh, that has co-signed that, which is good. I've never tested it. So it's good to know that that is Ariel approved and therefore also Ferran approved. And then uh, <laughs> we're out. Wiz- Wizmerd asked a question about Miracle Not the miracle transitive bears. property of approval. The transitive property of approval, right? So therefore Ferran has approved that limoncello technique. So, uh, Rebens, if, you, uh, if you're making limoncello that way, you are transitively approved by Ferran Adria. Uh, Wismer, we're going to get to your Miracle Berry question next time, although we're not going to be here next week. Next week uh, is the 4th of July. Happy 4th of July. Go vote in your primaries today. Uh, and uh, we will be posting the maiden. The Patreon people already have it. We'll be posting it on YouTube for the 4th of July instead of a live episode. Ariel, thanks for coming on. We all can't wait for your uh, book. Thanks so much for having me. Cooking Issues.